Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports soccer podcast. I'm Sandra Reda, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, broadcaster and analyst for CBS Sports, alongside Lori Lindsay, former U.S. international, because on today's segment, we are going to bring you all a CONCACAF W Championship preview before we get into all that another special announcement on friday july 1st attacking third both lisa and i will be outside the bank of california stadium from seven from four o'clock to 7 p.m local time for a concacaf w event ahead of angel city versus portland thorns we'll be hosting a live show with special guests giving away attacking third gear and hosting trivia. So come hang out with us on Friday, July 1st from four to seven Pacific time at bank of California stadium. I am so hyped for this first time for me ever going to uh bank of California stadium and uh, hype to be there with you, Lisa and yeah. uh, Lori. I, I hate that. You're not going to be there. <laughs> Listen, I'll be cheering you on. I'm going to be tuning in. You're all going to have a blast. It's going to be awesome for you. And, as we mentioned earlier, you're in a great area, San Jose. Yeah. Live it, you're going to live it up. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have a lot of fun out there. Of course, we're going to miss you, Lori, but I'm excited to do a live show. I mean, yeah. all of our shows are kind of live, but we never have people joining us live uh, as well. Like we have yeah. the live Amongst chat, but this will be awesome to take questions from people that are there, um, answer their questions live and and interact with people. I'm so excited for that. It's about she time. get into the chats and ask questions to you all live. So yes, Lori, yeah. join the chat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness well, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be in there. <laughs> it's gonna be fun I'm, it's like like you said lisa it's like we we do we do live but that's virtual and we're gonna be live amongst the people and that's really nice too and that's gonna be like a first for a3 as well like mm-hmm. our first actual like in-person kind of live show is gonna be uh in la so i'm excited for that it's a new it's a new yeah. Uh, a new step. I'm, I'm new ready for step all step. the technical difficulties that I'm going to oh. have to handle on the fly. I'm really excited for that. Unbelievable. I can't wait to just start doing like improv at one point. <laughs> like, just like, it's, it's like, okay, it's like, what do, what do I do with my hands? Like, all right, cool. Like, it, it's, it's going to be great. I can't wait for folks to see that happen. Yeah. So no, if you're in California, too. come hang out with us. <laughs> come give, come give just like moral support, quite frankly, that it just all goes, goes well without a hitch or a hiccup. Uh, but we're going to be out there celebrating a number of things. Obviously, we're going to be there talking about Angel City versus Portland. But what we're really, really excited about, it's uh, it's going to be, a, a again, a CONCACAF W event. We're going to be chatting about the fact that 
right around the corner, there's going to be kickoff for what feels like we've been waiting for this forever. The, the CONCACAF W championship, the world cup qualifying event for Con- the CONCACAF region. Everybody, you can catch all of the matches across CBS sports and Paramount Plus. That is going to be your official home for this World Cup qualifying tournament. North America, Central America, and Caribbean Senior National Team Tournament, July 4th through the 18th. It's going to be hosted in Monterrey, Mexico. Eight teams competing in two groups. Uh, Qualifiers, not just for the 2023 FIFA Women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. There's going to be four available World Cup slots, but it's also the qualifier for the 2024 Summer Olympics in France. There are going to be two guaranteed CONCACAF spots, and the top two teams of each group will qualify for the World Cup, and third-place teams from both groups will advance to inter-confederation playoffs, and the winners of the W Championship will qualify for the Olympics and 2024 uh, CONCACAF W Gold Cup, while the second and third-place teams will advance to a CONCACAF Olympic play-in, which the U.S. is the two-time defending champions, having won it in 2014 and 2018. So let's maybe pick apart some of these things here. I mean, we're talking about this as a World Cup qualifier event, but in terms of CONCACAF W and how they've maybe restructured things in terms of the competition, there's a number of things at play uh, here within this July tournament. It's not just the World Cup. It's a spot in the Olympics. It's uh, for a future tournament in the 2024 uh, W Gold Cup. A lot of cool stuff in here. Uh, Lindsay, as, as someone who's, who's who's been in this moment before, what is these like extra layers going to do for you as a competitor? If you're like heading in and taking that first step, uh, first step into this tournament, knowing, yeah, you're going to be vying for a position in the World Cup, but there's these other added elements to it as well. Yeah, uh, I mean, there definitely are. And I think that's what we've kind of been talking about all along um, in general on Tacky Third and then U.S. Women's National Team Hour as well, just like the heightened awareness of all of that, right? And what the, the added pressure, especially I think when you're looking at the U.S. team and the expectations um, on the team in general. So then you head into a tournament like this that's not only for the World Cup, but also Olympics that you mentioned. I mean, there's just... It is. It's just um, more intense, right? And it's very different than just playing in friendlies, um, knowing that the smallest details matter. What does that look like um, in the venues, right? Um, the competition, which we'll get into, is that much tighter. And it's going to be tough. It is, quite yeah. frankly. And that's just talking for all teams, right? It's going to be tough. So, um, but yeah, as a competitor, is exciting. That's what you want to play for. Um, but also there is this added um, awareness of what exactly is at stake for sure. Yeah. And there's so many different factors that come into play with this. And a lot of them being off the field, Mexico has the upper hand playing at home, playing in front of a home crowd every time they play. Um, and for the Americans, of course, that's a bit of a disadvantage. They've historically played, especially their most recent friendlies, in front of largely American crowds. So it's a change of pace for all of these nations and going to Mexico, but it's also huge for Mexico as a country to be able to host this and to grow the sport as as it doesn't need much growing in Mexico, but to be able to do this and host it, a big turnout from all the fans, um, this is huge. And a lot of these nations – 
haven't made it to a World Cup yet. So there's a handful of them that are looking for their very first bid to a World Cup. And this is where it all starts, right? This is where the momentum comes from. The World Cup has opened up their qualifying to now have four teams from CONCACAF go into the World Cup, which is bigger than before. There are more opportunities for these teams and these players. And this is the first step. And I can't believe it's here, right? Like we've been talking about this for so long and it all starts July 4th. That's when the first matches are through the 18th and and that's when the finals come out um but these teams have already played qualifying right the united states and canada they had two buys uh two teams that had buys throughout the qualifying tournament and uh, every team that won their group has made it to this stage Uh, costa rica panama trinidad and tobago mexico jamaica jamaica haiti so these are teams that have already proven that they deserve to be at this point um but now the competition just gets even more intense. Mm-hmm. Yes, let me ask you this, Laura, because Lisa's com- completely right in terms of the competition getting you know more elevated or more intense, because there's there's some expanded things within this qualifier. We talked about how it's not just for the World Cup, it's Olympics and, and the, the Gold Cup as well. But within within this, there's also uh, the fact that. Uh, the the expanded teams in in the World Cup means that there's the possibility of more CONCACAF teams being represented in the 2023 World Cup. So we know for sure there's the opportunity for four CONCACAF teams to come out of this tournament in July, but there's the potential for there to be some real CONCACAF supremacy. Up to six teams uh, could possibly be representing in this 2023 World Cup. Does something like that raise the the intensity and it does it almost sort of feel like it's expanding so maybe you can take your foot off the gas a little bit i don't think that's necessarily true i feel like that like knowing that it's expanded knowing that there is more that there's going to be more spots essentially up for grabs to sort of sort of solidify your place in the world cup that that would make things even more intense yeah oh i definitely think i agree 100 with that I, I think everyone's coming in here knowing that uh the game has grown and is consistently growing, right? And there's players playing on a consistent level or consistently high level um, on a regular basis. Um, you know, in particular, Lisa mentioned about uh, Mexico being the host, um, uh, Liga MX Feminal, right? What that has done, we, we mm-hmm. it, I mean, there's mm-hmm. just, the game is growing, right? And so, yeah, these these teams are going to these players, these teams are going to show up and be ready for that. Because if that it means your smallest little opportunity to be able to get in and do something that you haven't done before, then that just elevates the competition. And it goes back to the details, right? Because I think a lot of these teams, even we saw with the U.S. the other night, um, there hasn't been a ton of time for these teams to play mm-hmm. together. And some of these some of these teams aren't even playing in this um, in this window leading up to they're just in camp. Right. So, um, how can they come together? How can they be a cohesive unit going into these games? But yeah, it is going to be a fight. Um, it is going to be doing all that you can to give yourself the best, put yourself in the best position to get into that world cup. No doubt. Absolutely. I'm with you. Let's, uh, let's maybe take a deeper dive on, on who 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 is it? Who are the teams? Who are the eight teams that we're going to be getting a close look at during this tournament in July? We we did a lot in covering the the buildup to this moment. There was the qualifying rounds that took place in February and April. Lisa mentioning that these teams winning their groups to cement their place in this tournament in July. Now we've got 
Group A and Group B. Lisa, I'm going to go to you first here with Group A. It consists, or excuse me, of a, a group. A group B it consists of uh, Canada, Costa Rica, Panama, Trinidad, and Tobago. Uh, when we're looking across these four teams, uh, who is standing out for you? Uh, who are you going to be keeping a close eye at? Is there anyone within here who you see maybe making a little bit, causing a little bit of disruption? Yeah, I mean, when you look at this Group B, heavy hitters are Canada, right? They're coming off of a gold at the Tokyo Olympics. Um, and and when you look at Panama and Trinidad and Tobago, there are two nations that are looking for their first World Cup bid. They've never been to a World Cup, and this is their chance. This is their opportunity. If they finish second in this group, they have a chance to get through. They then move on to the qualifying for that. So I think... Um, a team like Panama and Trinidad and Tobago are going to be looking to fight for anything they can in this. I give the upper hand to Panama between those two, um, just in in what they were able to do throughout qualifying. But honestly, it's it's Canada for me in this one. Um, this is a team that is coming off of a gold. Uh, they haven't played too much entirely with their whole squad together. I'm sorry, like full starting squad. They played one. Um, over this last international break, one little friendly that they had. But these are players that, uh, for United States fans, that you see in the NWSL week in and week out. And to have these Canadian players back together, competing in these qualifying, looking to go from winning gold to winning the World Cup, I think Canada is, is the heaviest hitter here. They they didn't have to play in qualifying, but uh, do they have all the pieces to compete at this type of level? And and does Canada know what they're really getting into going up against teams uh, like Costa Rica and, and Panama in particular? Um, because, it, I mean, Costa Rica, this is like this is a team that can come out and surprise you in what they do. Like they have their moments where they sit back, but Costa Rica can attack and they can get into their um, – offensive end of the field and put pressure on teams. And if a, if a team like Canada gets too stretched out, uh, that's an opportunity for the Costa Ricas and the Panamas to sneak in be behind and in between those lines. Um, but this is a, an interesting group. I think it's the easier of the two groups um, in my sense. Uh, but, but just, I mean, when you look at the other one with Mexico and Jamaica, Haiti and the United States like that, those are some heavy hitters in that one, but it, it's got to be Canada, right? They're the top dogs coming into this. Can they remain on top, keep a good goal differential, really show the world what they've been working on in the last year since the Olympics? Lindsay, how about you? I'm going uh, to, to Group A with you on this one. Like Lisa mentioned, the big heavy hitters, USA leading the way in that group. you got the hosts, Mexico, Jamaica, and Haiti in this one. Uh, who are you looking at as favorites? Who are you looking at to, to disrupt some things in, in Group A? Yeah. I mean, listen, I think the USA is is the heavy favorites, right, in that group um, with expectations. I mean, look at our young players that are coming in already um, who've been performing um, – terrifically in, in the NWSL and on a consistent basis that so we have some new new vibes coming into the team and mm -hmm. but uh, you can say the same about Mexico right you can say the same about Mexico you can say the same about Jamaica Haiti has scored a ton of goals um, in qualifying Jamaica has experienced the 2019 World Cup however I think it's still a little bit interesting with them not playing any games just being in camp leading up to this um, how does that affect them in terms of again their cohesion um, when they step foot um, into qualifying, but um, Mexico, Mexico's good. I mean, yeah, 
Lisa mentioned um, at home, that does, I mean, I've, I've talked about our experience back in 2010, um, qualifying and, and playing in the semifinal against them and then losing and having to go play a, a play-in game for Italy and being the last team to get into the 2011 World Cup. So there's so many little details that will come in come into play these in, in this qualifiers just because of the the level of play has risen so much and there'll be um, nuances to the games um, and, and but yeah, when I look at Mexico, I mean, even just looking at Jimena Lopez, um, Sa- Maria Sanchez, and Diana Ardonez, who play in the in the NWSL, right? There's three players mm-hmm. that are playing consistently against um, the U.S. competition day in and day out. So this is gone are the days, right, where people are showing up and being um, intimidated by the U.S. I think there's a real desire to um, implement each team's style of play um, and, you know, adjusting as needed uh, as you typically would within game and and prior, but I'm excited. I think this is a tough group um, and it's not going to be easy, but I'm excited about the competition. Oh yeah. yeah. I'm with with you both. I think there's, excuse me. I think you're looking across both of these groups and I think knowing that these teams have to play each other once within the group, that there's opportunity within some of those specific games to where certain teams can shock another team or steal points off another. I mean, I think you look at group B and and I'm looking at maybe Costa Rica and Panama and seeing how that's going to shake out in terms of who's going to walk away with a win or if there's the makings of a draw in something like that. Um, You know, looking at something like Mexico and and Jamaica, these are two teams who play each other pretty, pretty tough, pretty closely whenever they get a chance to go head to head. So is is Jamaica maybe looking at themselves in in a group where they have a a tough group and maybe their opinion to sort of try to navigate through to sort of clinch one of those top four uh, spots uh, for the World Cup and say, these are the areas where we really have to target. You know, is it going to be versus Haiti? Is it going to be versus Mexico Is is the host? So I'm, I'm looking for those sort of kind of matchups in the group stage to sort of really kind of shake things up, even despite looking at them both and saying like, Hey, here's a favorite here. And here's a favorite there. It's really going to, I think, come down to minute by minute in these types of tournaments. This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too, with the name, your price tool from progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, you know, when we're looking at general teams, to watch here. I, I think speaking a little bit about this off mic and then bringing it now here onto the show, we, we maybe even talked about this during when we were doing our qualifier uh, episodes and then 
the, the, the CONCACAF draw episodes as well. We talked about like, maybe there's a, a who are the big three coming mm-hmm. in to this type of tournament. And at some point or, or another in various episodes, we've kind of agreed mostly that it's, it's this trifecta of the moment between us, Canada and, and Mexico. Uh, and, we are bringing up these these three teams in particular because we're we also have been able to see these teams in action recently. Mm-hmm, so yeah. we're we're watching the U.S. women's national team um, get sort of their final prep uh, against Colombia, a, a team that's also preparing for uh, their Conmebol World Cup qualifier in Copa America. Uh, we've got Canada playing games during the international window at the end of June, and Mexico as well who are uh, facing off against Peru during their international window. But there's there's a number of teams that we aren't seeing in action in the lead-up to this CONCACAF championship. And I think maybe we wanted to have a moment on this episode to talk about that a little mm-hmm. bit. So while we're incredibly excited to watch all eight of these teams go head-to-head, and while we can you know, certainly sit here and say, look at these areas of improvement uh, in in some of these programs. There's also some things that we're looking at and saying, okay, there's some areas here where we can see that there are programs leading, going into this championship that still need some support, that still need some resources. And we're wondering how that's going to impact them during this championship in July. Uh, We were talking a little bit about, um, you know, not seeing Trinidad and Tobago, uh, you know, the uh, J- uh, Jamaica and the reggae girls are, they have camps that are currently taking place right now. And I believe in Colorado, but not being able to, to see them get some action um, against uh, international competition just before they have to head to Mexico themselves. Um, I do wonder a little bit how that's going to come into play or impact them going mm-hmm. uh, into this tournament in July. Uh, Lori, your thoughts on that? Yeah, certainly. You know, one of the teams that we're talking about and specifically was Jamaica, right? And a bit surprised that they weren't playing any games. There was a lot of talk leading up to the 2019 World Cup and how difficult it was for them to get over to France and some of the resources that um, weren't being presented to them. Um, So you wonder how much of that is coming into play. But I am also curious, too. obviously with not having an international match, but are they playing local boys teams? Is that a different direction they decided to go? Would that give them a different challenge? Um, Those are some of the questions I have that I don't actually have answers to. But yes, I mean, I think when you look at this in general with a limited time for all of these teams, um, you know, chemistry and um, coming together quickly um, with this lead up just about a week out um, is going to be necessary for all these teams. So um, yeah, it's, you don't love to see it, but I mean, just doing some of the research prior to this, it looked like it was Jamaica, Panama, and even Trinidad and Tobago were maybe the three teams that weren't playing any games since April. So yeah, what does their camps look like? Um, Are they playing any other matches that we're just, um, aren't privy to. Um, but yeah, that poses a, um, a real interesting question because as we saw um, in the first half, I get for the U S on even on, um, and then as you were talking about as well with Mexico, uh, it took a little bit, both those squads mm-hmm. to be able to come together and kind of build into the game. And when you talk about little details um, being big factors in these types of tournaments um, and more on the line, then you don't actually have that 
that type of time to get into the games, right? No. And, and qualify, especially when teams, and my last point on this is presents different challenges for everyone. Mm-hmm. Like Canada is going to be present a different challenge for the US than Mexico, um, vice versa, right? So there's like, there's a lot of things at play and how do you adjust? And um, sometimes that requires tactical stuff adjustments. And sometimes that requires personnel adjustment. So, and and so also like there these these nations aren't playing games, but they are getting together, right? We know Jamaica is at their camp. Um, we also have to look at the turnover and player personnel for all of these teams because with the, I mean, it's a huge conversation in the U.S. with their the United States women's national team about the player turnover and getting that rhythm together. And um, yeah, these nations did play in the qualifiers in February, but that was a long time ago. And depending on where players are in their club or collegiately, what they did this year uh, to have those minutes not just playing inner squad scrimmages at these training camps is a huge advantage and then disadvantage for some of these nations that aren't having the opportunity to play against competition um even in canada they played one friendly against south korea and they ended up tying zero zero in this international break before that but i can guarantee you that they learned a lot in that match and that the players uh having rhythm together and getting minutes under their belt is super helpful so the advantages are already um, swaying one way or another for some of these nations before they even get to Monterey, Mexico. And and I mean, that's a whole other topic about federations and funding and things like that. But um, it's, it's a factor that definitely comes into play. And um, to the advantage of some of these nations, uh, they can watch Canada play against South Korea. They can watch yeah. Mexico play and they yeah. have more scouting opportunities. I mean, the United States is one of the most easily scouted teams uh, because of the the quantity of matches that they play and how accessible that is for people to be able to rewatch those and get an analysis on it. So now um, it, for these nations, I mean, when you look at like Haiti and Jamaica, like they should be watching the United States and seeing what's happening in these friendlies against Colombia, because uh, that's a great way to read your opponents in your competition. Whereas the U S they don't have that against Jamaica because they didn't play a public competition. So the benefits go hand in hand here. Um, and the U S knows that they are easily scouted, but if other teams can take advantage of that, that's going to be a huge, huge leg up for them as they head into these qualifiers. Yeah, that's a really good point um, to bring up because there's a lot of footage out there for these teams to access on the U.S. Women's National Team, but I think more importantly, there's going to be very recent footage with their 23-player roster that they're calling into this uh, CONCACAF W Championship. So I would imagine that these couple of games against Colombia are going to be on the radar and a little bit more recent uh, footage that they're going to be keeping an eye on um, going into this tournament because this is going to be, these are going to be the 23 players that uh, they're going to be facing up against. I do wonder if, you know, that point of having footage against uh, a USA, a Canada, a Mexico, even Costa Rica I would put in there as well, having this, recent footage, uh, you know, to sort of go off and, and prepare for these these teams in their respective groups, whether it's A or B, does that does that prevent uh, uh, does that present uh, a dark horse scenario maybe for us to, to talk a little bit about? And I'm going to like pitch that to both of you. Do you have a, a dark horse in amongst these eight teams, a team that's going to maybe not shock, but but give us some pleasant surprises along the way of this tournament. Lisa, who are you going with? 
I'm going with Haiti. This is a team that, um, I, no, I'm not going to say they're going to go out and beat the U.S. by 5 nothing, but Haiti is a team that we saw throughout the qualifiers. They had a 44 goal differential. They had so many different players scoring those goals, 13 different players, um, and they were a team that didn't sit back and defend in that low block. They, they had incredible defense, uh, zero goals against throughout the qualifiers, but they were able to uh, expose their opponents, get in behind, stretch back lines and get shots on goal and score a lot of goals throughout those qualifiers. So this is a Haiti team that isn't afraid, right? There we've talked about that and and Lori mentions that all the time. People aren't scared to play the United States anymore. And in a group with USA and Mexico, um it, these are teams that can be intimidated intimidating and can intimidate other nations. But Haiti is a team that has a lot of the same players that we've seen in years past. Um, They're a a team that has played against the United States historically in the Tokyo Olympic qualifiers. They held the United States scoreless for 60, 70 minutes. And I'm not entirely remembering that correctly, but they are a team that knows how to play against the United States, play it defensively, and then can also score goals. So I'm my dark horse is Haiti. No, I don't think they're going to come out as number one in the group, but they're a team that could get through and, and fill up one of those four World Cup qualifying spots. Um, mm-hmm. I'm excited to watch it. I also it. should say, though, if I if I was playing defense against some of these strikers we have on this side, Matthew and Sophia Smith, I'd be a bit scared. Yes. <laughs> that, doesn't mean, that doesn't mean these people have good game plans. I'm just saying, like, they're good. So, um, <laughs> and uh, listen, I, I'm going to go with Jamaica. They're not actually a dark horse necessarily because I've been to the World Cup, right? And... Um, and they have experience at that level. However, I do think that they, across the board, you look at Sidney Schneider, who's with Kansas City, current goalkeeper. You have Jody Brown, who plays at FSU. You have um, uh, Bunny Shaw, who's with mm-hmm. Man City now. I mean, listen, there's some players that are some real difference makers, and you have some good players in key spots that can can win you games, right? You have a solid goalkeeper. You have, and, and those are just naming a few, right? I mean, there's others across the board as well. Um, but I, I like this team. I think that they're going to present some problems for um, for a lot of the teams, just in, in terms of their ability to be able to be dynamic in different ways. And so I think that is the one that I'm looking towards. And they have a new coach. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to see what that looks like. Lauren Donaldson just taking over. What kind of energy does that bring into the camp? How quickly, again, can they come together? What are they doing in the short amount of time that's going to um, – be like, hell yeah, here we go. Because sometimes, you know, it can go either way with coaches, right? You could be yeah. like, oh, we're still getting used to this. We're not really sure. You're trying to mix some things up. Or it could really galvanize a group. And you, and then all of a sudden you come to life in a way that you haven't seen a team come to life for a while. So um, in on another level. And it does feel like this is a, this is a stepping point. Um, could be a really exciting time right now for, for Jamaica. So that's who I'm going with. Sandra, who you got? I like I like those two. I listen. I I could piggyback on either of those. I I was very impressed with with Haiti and 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 what they did during their their qualifying stage to get to this point. I've been impressed with Jamaica to just be you know to to find the success that they have been able to find on the pitch with quite frankly without the infrastructure yeah. around yeah. them. I think says a lot about that mm-hmm. team. They're a team that have that has a a ton of you know strong talented individual pieces, and I think 
it's it's I think we can all agree that, you know, we might be speaking about them a little differently if they just had the right and appropriate infrastructure and support around them. I mean, and you can look at each individual line and sort of see all of these different individual talented pieces, you know, whether you have, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody like a like a bunny Shaw, who's is always going to be targeted, you know, and involved in their attack. But, you know, even from their even from you know, their backline all the way up top, a, a number of, of goalkeepers that can get in there and really make some noise. Uh, you know, Sidney Schneider was, 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 you know, someone who was really broke out for them and stood out for them in the previous uh, cycle and has spent time in NWSL now, but uh, you know, the Swabies, Chantel, Allison Swabby is, you yeah, know, yeah. out there in the back line and, and in the middle with with somebody like a, a Drew Spence or or Venice Alon, you know, that's a name that's familiar with folks is, is someone who plays in, mm-hmm. in NWSL. So there's there's a ton of of individual talented players here. And you just have to imagine that uh, I would have loved for this team to have been able to have had some some final prep matches right yeah. ahead of, of this CONCACAF qualifier, just just for their own um sake of just saying like this is what it feels like to play with each other again before going into such a such a big tournament so i uh, there's a part of me that almost like is upset that we have to talk about them in this capacity yeah as a dark horse mm-hmm. uh because this is the team that uh kind of you know shocked everybody a little bit in the previous qualifier and punched their ticket through to the 2019 World Cup so we're talking about a team that has World Cup experience now and we're still talking about them in a similar lens that we did in the previous cycle it's incredible it could be very discouraging when you're sort of doing the the work in this space sort of talk about this and you're like geez we're we're mm-hmm. still talking yeah. about this team even though they made these strides we're still talking about them in this in this uh in this similar lens so my hope is that uh, you know, that maybe they do continue to sort of ride that that wave of momentum that they've been doing since the previous cycle and be able to clinch, you know, a spot. But it's a tough group that yeah. they're in with, you know, yeah. the number one ranked United States and, you know, uh, uh, the, the host favorites um, in Mexico. And I, I think maybe there's an even an argument um, to be made for Mexico to try to pitch them as a certain dark horse. I think they're also viewed as part of the big three or favorites to, to clinch one of these four world cup spots. And I think they'll, they'll do it, but I think you can add another layer of uh, ambition for the Mexican team as well. And that maybe you don't want to just challenge yourself to qualify for the world cup, but there's an Olympic spot yeah. on the line. There's yeah. a gold cup spot on the line. You're the host. Yeah. Maybe you actually want to win. Competition. <laughs> Maybe it's not enough to just say, okay, we've achieved our goal of getting back to the World Cup because they got bounced yep. in mm-hmm. their previous qualifiers. So there's, I think, a, a, an added layer of motivation and maybe some dark horse isms that I'm looking for in Mexico to try to achieve as well in this tournament. But we'll see. I'm just yeah. I'm just here for the ride. I, I, yeah, I appreciate Sorry, Sandra. I was just saying, too, I appreciate that look in terms of Mexico and potentially like, you know, really pushing and going for it and winning. I mean, obviously, we saw the news today and we were talking about it offline about the national team going to play Angel City. So Mm -hmm. there there's momentum behind this team. Right. There's like a a aggression to to continue to to build and um, not be complacent by any means. So, I mean, I, I, I agree completely with you and I think that's a good take. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I'm I'm just again, like I said, I'm just here for the ride. I'm excited to see it all come <laughs> to fruition. Certainly. I can't believe it's it's right around the corner. It's yeah. it's it's here. It's finally here, everybody. It's it's the next phase to confirm things for 2023 World Cup. And of course, we're going to be here throughout the entire CONCACAF W Championship. You can watch all of the games on Paramount+. Plus. We're going to have all kinds of episodes for you previewing and recapping these matches on Attacking Third. You can catch all kinds of CONCACAF W uh, Championship content on cbssports.com. And Lori, Lisa, and I will be covering all the games. Again, make sure you put us into your content calendar because we're going to have live recaps for all the United States women's national team matches. Subscribe to us on YouTube so that you never miss a show. Thank you all so much for joining us today on Attacking Third. Follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at Attacking Third. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your shows. We're available as video. Subscribe at youtube.com slash attacking third. And we'll be back with a weekend preview. And another reminder that if you're in California, come to the <laughs> Bank of California Stadium for the live attacking third event from 4 to 7 p.m. local time in L.A. for Sandra Herrera, Lisa Roman, and Lori Lindsay. This was Attacking Third.